Hey there. Here is something I don't think I've ever said on this show before. This episode is about a big, important piece of good news. I mean, I'm going to kind of ruin it in a couple of minutes with a bunch of warnings, which I promise will be both important and useful. But let's just enjoy this for right now. Starting January 1st of this year, so like right now, a new federal law called the No Surprises Act protects us against what has been one of the most outrageous experiences our healthcare system has to offer, which, you know, if you've been listening to this show or, I don't know, just living in the U.S., that's really saying something. We're talking about surprise bills, full name, surprise out-of-network bills, which go like this. You go to a hospital, like to an emergency room or for surgery or to give birth, and you make sure to pick a hospital that is in-network for your insurance. I mean, of course you do, right? Except then somebody gets involved in your care who doesn't work directly for the hospital and who doesn't take your insurance. Surprise! You get a big out-of-network bill from them. Your insurance doesn't cover much of it, and you're on the hook for the rest of whatever wild amount is written on that bill. And a lot of times, this would be the kind of provider you don't even pick for yourself, like an ER doc or an anesthesiologist or a radiologist. These bills have been super, super common. The feds estimate that 10 million surprise bills go out every year. An academic study said that one out of every five ER visits results in one. And frankly, I have wondered if those numbers are lowballing things. But the No Surprises Act says, hey, guess what? This is no longer your problem. You're just going to pay whatever you would have paid if this provider had been in-network. They will have to work out the rest with your insurance company, but you are done. And this is a big honking deal. It puts a couple of episodes of the show out of date. I'm going to record new intros for them one of these days. It's awesome. And there are limits to these protections. Of course there are. And now that we have these new rights on paper, we're going to have to learn how to defend them because nothing's ever as easy as it should be. Lucky for us, I got to talk with someone who knows all the ins and outs. So here we go. This is An Arm and a Leg, a show about why healthcare costs so freaking much and what we can maybe do about it. I'm Dan Weissman. I'm a reporter, and I like a challenge. So my job here is to take one of the most enraging, terrifying, depressing parts of American life and bring you a show that's entertaining, empowering, and useful. And even though I'm going to be a little bit of a buzzkill about it, I'm here to tell you we've got some useful new powers here, and I'm pretty psyched. Here's our guide. I'm Patricia Kalmar. I'm the Healthcare Campaigns Director with U.S. PERG, the Public Interest Research Group. PERG is a consumer advocacy organization. Healthcare is an area where we need all the advocacy we can get. Patricia runs that for them, which means, among other things, she's lobbied on this issue a ton to Congress, rulemakers, even states. So she knows this new law inside out, where it's strong and where it's weaker. And full disclosure, she's one of the hundreds of listeners who gave money to an arm and a leg last year. Right on. So we've had the good news. Let's get into the caveats. First, most important, this law pretty much only applies if you're being seen in a hospital, which is not the only place where you could be in danger of getting hit with a surprise bill. For instance, I tell Patricia, this happened to me once like at my doctor's office. When I went in for a checkup, I ended up with a surprise bill for a lab that turned out to be out of network. My doctor was like, Hey, man, I think you should get a vitamin D test. Go right over there. I was like, sure, great. A couple of days later, like, yeah, you don't have a vitamin D problem. A couple of weeks later, it's like 600 bucks. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, be wary. And of course, it's not just at your doctor's office. You know where else you can get hit with a surprise bill? 
pretty much anywhere that's not a hospital, including most urgent care centers. I say most because some urgent care centers are licensed to practice emergency medicine. And if they're licensed that way, then they're covered by this law. But people go to urgent care centers and they just see that it's an urgent care center. They don't know to ask how it's licensed. The church is like, even if you did ask. I guarantee you the person at the front desk doesn't know how it's licensed. So if the building doesn't say hospital on it, just assume you are screwed. And before you get to the building, there's this other place where you get no protections from this law. It does not cover ambulances. Ground ambulances, ex yeah, excluded. Yeah, you can hear how thrilled Patricia is about that omission. But also note, she said ground ambulances, because there's also air ambulances, you know, helicopters. They're covered, which is great because they've been sending people out of network bills in the tens of thousands of dollars all the time. Huge problem. And that's supposed to be gone now. They're going to have to work it out with insurers. You're not on the hook. But regular ambulances? Yeah. A thousand bucks is not an unusual charge, and being out of network is a very normal thing. And this No Surprises Act does exactly zero about that one. So that's some big good news, bad news for you, where we do and don't get those protections. Here's another one. The good news is, what if you're in a hospital, like not an emergency room scenario, but you've been admitted, and they're suggesting you see some doc or some physical therapist or whoever who's not in your network? They've got to tell you ahead of time in writing. They've got to give you a form with a good faith estimate of what that encounter with this person is likely to cost you. And they've got to give you the names of some in-network folks who could give you the same service. That's the good news. The comically bad news, that form is actually a waiver with a deeply misleading name. It's called the Surprise Billing Protection Form. Patricia's like, yeah, that name's backwards. The reality is if you sign it, you no longer have the protections from the surprise billing law. And that means now you are financially obligated to pay that out-of-network provider whatever they want to charge you that's listed in the estimate. So yeah, keep an eye peeled for that one. Now, not to make you dizzy or anything, but I've got another couple pieces of good news about this form. One, in a lot of the most common situations, like the emergency room, they're not even allowed to ask you to sign this waiver. And certain kinds of providers, including ER docs, assistant surgeons, anesthesiologists, and radiologists, aren't allowed to ask you to sign it anywhere at all. So that's big. And two, I said this before, but it's worth repeating. That form has to include a good faith estimate of what you're likely to get billed. And it has to give you the names of in-network folks you could see instead. Okay, so those are our rights. How do we protect them? Patricia has got some tips, and unfortunately, we've got some more loopholes to deal with right after this. This episode of An Arm and a Leg is produced in partnership with Kaiser Health News. That's a nonprofit newsroom covering healthcare in America. Kaiser Health News is not affiliated with the healthcare giant Kaiser Permanente. We'll have more information about KHN at the end of this episode. So we've got some new rights. How do we defend them? Patricia Kelmar's first tip is start before you decide what hospital you're going to. Make sure it's someplace where you'll get these protections. And that means they have to be in your insurance network. So, of course, you have to ask them and you've got to ask them the right way. Here's what you don't ask. You don't ask, do you take my insurance? Like, do you take Blue Cross or do you take Aetna? Here's Patricia. Many providers will answer the question of, do you take my insurance with 
Yes, we'll take your insurance and we'll also send you an out-of-network bill. So the they're like, correct... we take insurance from the company that provides your insurance. Correct. We take your insurance. Your right. particular insurance. So everyone has to get in their head. The specific question is, are you in my insurance network? That's the question. And I'm looking at my insurance card and it says my plan is called Blue Cross Gold Beta Theta Delta 572 Silver. Exactly. <laughs> and then like, am, are you in my network for that? Right. Right. All right. Great. So you've done that. You're at a place that is in your insurance network. You've got rights. Now, what if someone is violating them? trying to get you to sign a waiver. Oh, I mean a surprise billing protection form in one of those situations where they're not actually allowed to. What if you do everything right? You pick an in-network hospital and you end up getting a surprise bill anyway. Patricia's like, that's a violation you can report. And there's a number to call. You ready? I'm going to post it wherever you're listening to this. 1-800-985-3059. Got it? It's one 800 Nine eight five three zero five nine. That's a federal hotline, which is great to have because the way the No Surprises Act is written, it could be really difficult to know who to call. Otherwise, there's a whole weird flowchart. It could be an agency in your state government, could be the U.S. Department of Labor, a million different variations, depending on who's causing the problem, what state you live in, what kind of insurance you have, all of it. Patricia says you don't need to know that. You just need to call this number. They have all the data and information that they need to track down what the next steps are, and then they'll get back to you. And during that time, if you're complaining about a bill and you filed a complaint about it, you should know that your debt cannot be reported to a collection agency and you will not be required to pay during that time until the resolution of that bill. Now, Granted, that person on the other end of the line may have to go to six places to figure out the answer for the person who called them. And real talk, they may not necessarily know where those six places are right away. I asked Patricia, who's actually on the other end of the line? Because it seems like they'd have to be super special. And she said, the feds are contracting with a call center company. And I was like, Aren't these the same companies that the cable company or, you know, the health insurance company hires to answer our calls? She's like, yeah, <laughs> having a place to call is an upgrade, but guaranteed it's not going to work perfectly for a while, but people shouldn't despair. They should keep insisting on their rights. And the only way the call center will get better is if we keep pushing on it. Um, it's yeah, it is going to be tough, but <laughs> I'm glad there's one number. <laughs> right. It's a start. It's better than right. Every, every when you're pushing the rock uphill, every inch is a victory. Um, <laughs> I'm claiming the victory, Dan. Yeah, that's the spirit. And are you ready for one last good news, bad news thing? Here it is. The good news is there are even protections here for people who don't have insurance. Or if you're thinking, maybe I don't want to use my insurance here because maybe there's a cash pay price and you've got a high deductible and your insurance wouldn't kick in anyway. You know, it happens a lot. Well, here's the good news. Any provider you'd see in that situation, not just in a hospital, but anywhere, owes you a good faith estimate of what you'd be expected to pay. These are the same kinds of good faith estimates they owe you in a hospital if they want you to sign that waiver and give up surprise billing protections. And in either case, if their bill is more than 400 bucks over that good faith estimate, that's their problem. 
You got to pay the estimated cost plus 400 bucks, but they've got to eat the rest. So that is an important and good thing. However, that $400 is per provider. So you could see in a surgery, you could have four or five providers, right? Mm -hmm. And so if each one of them goes over by $399, and 99 cents. Yeah, and 99 cents. It could still be a pretty significant bill. So people should just be aware of that. Yeah. All right. All right. They're tricky. They're tricky. <laughs> tricky. It's a business. Healthcare is a business, <laughs> and they're going to continue to stay in business. Well, this is really, 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 really helpful, even though it's hair raising and alarming. I know. I, I don't like you pointing out all the difficulties with this law. <laughs> <laughs> well, sorry, man. But we got to, it's one thing to have rights. It's another thing to know your rights. It's another thing to to know how to fight for them. You know, we got to know this. Absolutely. So there you go. The full 101 on our rights under the No Surprises Act and how we stick up for them. We wrote all this stuff down for a recent edition of our First Aid Kit newsletter. You can find every issue at armandalegshow.com slash newsletter. And I definitely recommend bookmarking that one. And as it turns out, We've got a couple more things, because as I was getting this episode ready, I got an email from a listener who said, I work in medical billing and I want to help. And I was like, yes, please. I'm Julia Negrelli. I am a senior consultant with a company called Schematic. It's a consulting firm that specializes in kind of the intersection between billing, healthcare operations, IT, all of those great fun things. Yeah. When she wrote me, Julia had offered a bunch of tips, including I can tell you what I really think about the No Surprises Act and why a lot of providers aren't going to be in compliance right away. When we talked, Julia was like, first, this law is super important. I'm a fan. And one part that's going to be super hard for providers is that good faith estimate for folks who don't have insurance or don't want to use it. One big reason? Well, I mentioned this particular protection applies not just at a hospital, but any place you might get healthcare, your primary care doc, a specialist office, a physical therapy place. And if you've scheduled the appointment in advance, they've got to give you the estimate before they see you. Even if you're going to urgent care, you can ask for one there. They're supposed to give it to you. But Julia says, that's like a mechanic giving you an estimate without looking at your car. Depending upon what you present with in the doctor's office, you could have point of care testing ordered. We can order an x-ray. We could do an injection. Like, Our estimate can go so far off, and we won't know that until you're seen. I mean, I get it. And I don't know exactly what the answer is. She says they're working on it. So this is an FYI thing. That estimate, expect it to be weird. And then, I said I had a couple things, right? Julia also had a really big tip about another requirement for that good faith estimate if you don't have insurance or you don't want to use it. That estimate should also include any available financial assistance that the hospital could potentially provide to you. And if it doesn't, ask. Yeah, that is what I call a good tip. As we've discussed here before, nonprofit hospitals are legally required to have financial assistance policies for folks with limited incomes, and a lot of people can qualify. If a hospital knows you qualify, the estimate has to factor in that financial assistance. If you don't see that on your estimate, Ask to see the policy, find out how to apply, and see if they can respond in time to adjust that estimate. We will hear from Julia again on this show. 
Meanwhile, I'll have a little more of her wisdom and more details about what the No Surprises Act does and doesn't protect us from in next week's edition of our First Aid Kit newsletter. Again, you can read the newsletter online or sign up to get it in your inbox at armandalegshow.com slash newsletter. That's armandalegshow.com slash newsletter. I'll catch you soon. Till then, take care of yourself. This episode of An Arm and a Leg was produced by me, Dan Weissman, with help from Emily Pisacretta and edited by Marion Wang. Daisy Rosario is our consulting managing producer. Adam Raimunda is our audio wizard. Our music is by Dave Weiner and Blue Dot Sessions. Gabrielle Healy is our managing editor for Audience. She edits the First Aid Kit newsletter and works with Is Scott LaMagdalene, who helps make us entertaining, empowering, and useful on social media and elsewhere. This season of An Arm and a Leg is a co-production with Kaiser Health News. That's a nonprofit news service about healthcare in America. It's an editorially independent program of the Kaiser Family Foundation. Kaiser Health News is not affiliated with Kaiser Permanente, the big healthcare outfit. They share an ancestor, this guy, Henry J. Kaiser. He had his hands in a lot of different stuff. He smelted aluminum, owned some early TV stations, built cars, including the Jeep and a model called the Henry J. When he died more than 50 years ago, he left half his money to the foundation that later created Kaiser Health News. You can learn more about him and Kaiser Health News at armandalegshow.com slash Kaiser. Diane Weber is national editor for broadcast and Tanya English is senior editor for broadcast innovation at Kaiser Health News. They're editorial liaisons to this show. Thanks to Public Narrative. That's a Chicago-based group that helps journalists and nonprofits tell better stories for serving as our fiscal sponsor, allowing us to accept tax-exempt donations. You can learn more about Public Narrative at www.publicnarrative.org. And big thanks to everyone who's pitching in financially to help get this show made. We could not do it without you. Our big fundraising season is over, but we have more people to thank this week who have come aboard recently. Thanks this time to Jennifer Huang and Douglas Yoshida, Daniel Fisher, Saul Wiener, Craig Chatterton, and Arnie and Carol Cantor. Thank you.